days, life feels perfect Other days, it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our hearts through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life Job and 
and she's doing well, and uh, life is good. Life is good. Um, I'm excited to be um, taking on the office of president of our uh, local education association uh, in Manassas. Um, it didn't quite go the way that I wanted it to go uh, two years ago, but uh, <laughs> I will be taking over that office um, uh, this July, so in just a few months uh, that will be happening. Uh, we are on spring break, um, which is always a good thing, so we we got a nice week off. Uh, so life is good. I, I, I really have no complaints. I'm, I'm excited about tonight's topic. I, you know me, I love these controversial topics um, or mm-hmm. just topics where I feel like people could really weigh in. Um, and so I'm really hoping that um, that happens tonight. Um, but if not, you know the two of us will give our two cents, and two plus two will give us uh, two cents. Uh, we, we won't get more than that, <laughs> but, uh, but it will definitely uh, be a good show. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot that can be said, and there's just so many angles we can go with uh, tonight's topic. So I'm looking forward to it. And... Uh, Let's let's get it going. Cool. So am I. So am I. I was I was talking with a friend. Um, I don't know. One day last week, and um, as we always do, we we kind of get deep into conversation about much about ourselves and and where we are and where we where we've come from and how so how 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 far we've come. Um, actually, it was Tika since the beginning of uh, even the Butterfly Evolution show. So we were just kind of talking, and she threw out this word, um, well, these two words, egocentric society. And I thought, oh, that that kind of registered with my spirit, soul, and everything else within. So I told her, I said, I think you just gave me the topic for next next Monday. And for anybody who knows, (laughs) she kind of zooms in and zooms out. She's like, oh, okay. So so here we are. Thanks to Tika talking about this topic, ego. Of course, the ego is something that we have talked about here before in some some way, shape, form, or fashion because transforming, which is what the Butterfly Evolution Show is about, self, uh, self-awareness through the process of acknowledging uh, so many things about yourself, going in internally to dissect, to understand to do what it takes to change and so forth. So in order to do that, you have to at some point, um, I think, at least entertain this word, if nothing else, to determine where you where you fit or where does that word fit within you. So we'll get into much of much of of, of that tonight. But before we start, I want to just remind you all, um, and again, if you have not, if you've not did this, take the time tonight to do so. And if you, Or if you haven't did this in a long time, move your trash can tonight or something that you visit frequently, that you use frequently. Um, move it um, and then monitor how often you return back to the location that you move this object from, whatever you choose uh, for for it to be. 
but monitor how often you return there. And I'm just amazed and fascinated with the mind. I've become so fascinated and, and with my my mind, with how um, – and, and let me let me let me give a shout out before because I, I was gonna, I was going to go back to something that happened Friday. But we had our Friday night Bible girls Bible study that uh, I think this is our third month, and by far one of the best as in, in far as far as conversation and the connection and the sharing. Um, there were I, I just truly feel like there were chains um, broken. Uh, people were freed and released in some way, shape, form, or fashion because of the freedom and the freedom and also the connectedness. Like we all had, we all realized that we had something that, you know, everybody outwardly looks fine, everything's Gucci, going well, but there was something that someone was dealing with, some small things, some big things. Uh, some very challenging things. And so we just kind of connected in a way to where it was just absolutely beautiful. I, I'm still having people call and say, I really enjoy it Friday. I, you know, let's, let's, let's do it again soon, sooner than like a month. Um, so I challenge all of you, if you are going to pursue this thing of transformation to make sure that you keep yourself connected with people, um, real people, people who are willing, I guess, willing to let go, to share. And you have to have some discernment even about those people, of course. But I just want to give a shout-out to all those ladies who, who made it here. Um, everyone that said they would be here was here, and that in itself was like, wow. Um, and I felt so 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 good because I almost canceled it. I almost just said, you know what, this is too stressful this time, trying to figure out who, what, when, where, and how, and I almost canceled it. But had I, had I gotten caught up in my feelings and stayed there, I will say, and stayed there, because I did have to, I, I really had to, I was telling one of my friends I had to just, just ask for forgiveness because, and I had to tell myself, it's not about you. It, this is not about you, because if it is, you don't need to host Bible study. You, you need to be in prayer somewhere. So I had to tell myself, get out of my feelings. This is not about me. This is about coming together, um, connecting the word, growing, and all of that stuff. So um, I could say I probably had a little ego, ego, you know, going on when I got into my feelings about, and it was the normal stuff, people responding timely and, and and not timely, but you just have to realize people get caught up, and if and and what is the purpose? What was my purpose for it? And that was for people to come together. So um, that's what I mean by Tika and I was talking about, you know, where we are in this process, where we're doing. Because there was a time where Tammy would have been like, I'm not doing this. Forget it. Whatever. It's off. It's, it's canceled. I'm just I'm just over it. Um, but that didn't happen, and, and nonetheless, we had a great time. So back to this trash can, baby. Move it, and then monitor how often you return to its old location, and let that be a reminder of how the mind is. And that's how I got off into to, to that that subject. But our mind is very is is a very interesting 
thing, um, the process of it, because as we talked about Friday, you can you can be fine and all of a sudden maybe not for you, Rodney, because you're you're a bit different and you're you're a man too. But for for women, I can say that for the most part, <laughs> we are we're fickle and we can boy we can we can mess a day up. <laughs> we can mess a minute up. <laughs> so um and acknowledging that and then just kind of living in it, you know, acknowledging it to the point where you are you know that you you have to make a choice to turn it off sometimes um, because it turns on sometimes so quickly and without your permission, I will say. Um, but you do have a choice in what happens after it turns on. So move that trash can, share your stories with us. With us, keep a, a chart, keep a running number of how often you return back to the old location and then again. Just think about what else am I keeping up with? What else have my mind just kind of gathered and kept? And and for the most part, I, for that for for tonight's topic, I'd like to think about your bondage, your pain, um, your insecurities, um, your blueprint for your life. What what what's in your mind that is really keeping you from living? Because you are there, you're stuck in that place. And from that place, your ego is coming out, and the ego will kill a situation, a life, a relationship. Ego, I mean, there's 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 a good part of ego. There there is a need for there's kind of there's good and evil and everything. I, I I think, and then there's there's that time where even like I say this, even water, as good as it is for us, too much water will kill you. So there's balance in it. So don't take this show away as saying or are thinking that you can't have some sense of self-importance uh, because you should. But, again, um, anything, and I love this, how God intends for everything to be in balance. You think as good as it is, even too much, loving someone too much can hinder them. Even too much religion to where you get to the point where all you know everything is glory, glory, hallelujah. That in itself as well, it gets you off balance. So there's there's good to have a little ego, but again, anything in excess is 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 not good for us, or it ends up um, taking us to a place. So I'm going to read just the definition of ego, and then egocentric, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Rodney. But um, just for the sake of the show, ego, a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance, um, it is the Latin word for I, which I thought was interesting. So it's a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. It is the Latin word for I. And I, I thought that was important to include that because so often um, – I'm, I challenge myself now to not do so much I this, I that when I'm in a conversation, to do more listening um, and sharing about what I'm hearing rather than what I'm thinking about myself or what I want to share as soon as they finish talking, sometimes before they finish talking. So I thought it was very interesting that it is the Latin word for I, kind of kind of me, me, me. Um, or the me before you always, kind of, kind of that thing, you know, always me before you in any situation. And then egocentric, um, basically the same, but it takes it a bit, bit further. 
thinking only of self, one's self, without without regard for the feelings or desires of others, self-centered. So that's taking it to a higher level, like the the person has a sense of self-esteem or self-importance that's kind of that's inwardly um, projected or you know consumed, I guess. But now it's taking it to a different level, thinking only of self, without regard, and that's taking it even to a higher level, without regard for the feelings or desires of others, being self-centered. And I think of I'm always amazed by people when driving how aggressive they are in their driving to the point where they will go around you just as quick, I mean, speeding, just to get around you maybe one car length and they're turning. Like they will get from behind you to go around you and get in front of you or how we will someone, I had a friend who was driving the other day and I was on the phone with her and she was actually on her way to the hospital because her son um, had gotten hurt at work and was being taken to the hospital. And I'm hearing this argument go on because she was trying to get over and the person would not let her over. She had a blanker on. She was was trying to get into, into the correct lane and the person would not let her over. Not only would they not let her over, they rolled down their window and started cursing her out. What did she think she was doing because she wanted to and needed to get over? And I thought, have we become that shallow to where you just can't throw your hands up and say, come on in? You got to say that because you're in different cars. They can't hear you. But think about even the smallest things where people show how egotistic they are or self-centered or me, me, me. Um, you're not going to go around me. I'm not going to let you in, um, and so forth. So I'll stop there, and then I want to share something out of one of my favorite books that you guys have heard before, uh, The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. So I'm going to turn it over to Rodney, and then I'll come back afterwards and share that. Tammy, it's so interesting that you chose uh, to use driving (laughs) Um, As an example, and and I think that is one of the greater examples um, that can be brought to the forefront, especially when we just talk about um, not just about egos, but people just being selfish. And I think Mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with it because um, in our society, it is always you are not going to one-up me. You are not going to be better than me. You are not going to be faster than me. You are not going to be more important than me. And so we we seem to find the words or the actions that will keep us in the limelight. Some people just need the spotlight on them and not understanding that we are all in this together. If I make a selfish move as a driver. I may or may not put myself in a uh, bad position, but I may also include others in that in that decision that I make. And I think that's one of the things that we need to take away from this from this show, and and, and that is your ego may or may not cost you 
anything, but think about the people that are around you. And I'm and I'm one who is is certainly guilty of of doing that. But I want to start off by reading something, Timmy, um, that I found, and um, it comes from the OdysseyOnline.com, and and it says, in society, we get so wrapped up around Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm going to throw in Facebook there that we lose sight of the people who actually are present in our lives, cheering us on every step of the way. We continuously look to society to give us our validation, and when we get so many likes or followers, we have our ego boosted, which is not always a bad thing sometimes, but when you become an ego ego maniac, there is a problem. We are given this thought that every person can do something greater, which is true, but we identify this greatness with becoming a celebrity. People search every day for their moment of fame that I, that identifying with other people on an emotional level is becoming non-existent. Society has become so self-centered that we can only communicate with people on a shallow level, leaving for relationships to be broken. Yes, we have those great friendships that have lasted for years, but a part of us still only focuses on what the person can do for us instead of initially loving someone for themselves. We have become so blinded by our own egos that we forget everyone around us and neglect to see neglect to see that they are our greatest moments in our lives. I realized this for myself as of lately. I have always dreamed about what my future would look like and who would be there that I sometimes forget about the present time. Now, I am not saying that looking towards the future is wrong, but we have to focus on the present, which shapes our future. Paying attention to the people around you and and being present in their lives because when they are eventually gone, you may have no words to describe your relationship, leaving you feeling empty. Do not allow your ego and selfishness to have greater worth than the friends and family that surround you with love. Replicate their feelings to them so so your relationship will not be shallow. People can be taken from this world quickly, so challenge yourself to care more deeply for one another by loving them for who they are and not by what they can do to up your status. And again, that comes from the OdysseyOnline dot com. Okay, Ronnie, you made me think about one of Miss Erlene's favorite um, quotes that Miss Erlene, of course, that calls into the show often and listens. But and this is this is in reference to God. But when you were speaking, it made me think about even our relationship with God. She says that we are people are after God's hand. And but not his heart, and I just and mm. it, it took me by you know the first time I heard her say that, and I thought wow that is so true. But the same with people, like we're 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 mostly looking for what you can do for me, not what I can add to your your life, um, or bring what value I can bring to your life. But what can you do for me? And in most most cases, I don't think we want to stay around that long. To figure that out, we want it right now as we do everything else. And then the other thing you said about 
we lose sight basically of people who are present in our lives, like the people who are there wanting the connection, needing the needing the connection, which is why I think we have such a high rate of um, especially teenage suicide. And I'm, I'm really um, puzzled by the lack of, I guess I shouldn't say media attention because it's probably not the right word, but our lack of interest in the number of young people who who are choosing to take his or her life. Like we don't hear. There, there are stories right here that I have heard of, and I'm thinking never, never knew it, like kid after kid after kid who is choosing to take his or her own life. And I think a lot of that has to do with being disconnected. They're coming home. They're kind of latchkey children. I think that's the proper word for that. But there's kind of... I think for the most part, it seems to be no one ever really there for anyone to say, or for any, even if they don't say it, because in most cases they're not going to come out directly and say it, but just for us to pick up on it. We're not engaged enough with each other to pick up on when something is wrong because we've not been around enough to see them in their right phase, if that makes sense. Like even going out, I was sharing with a a guy that I was talking to last week and I was sharing that how often I go out and I see couples just buried in their phones. Like I was out one night and I, I think the couple may have may have said five words to each other and sitting at dinner right across from a friend and I and they were just they were just they stayed glued to their phone when their food came out, same thing. And I wonder what 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 is it that we're searching for? The same thing with you're driving. Next time you drive, pay attention to how many people are on their phones, even if someone's in the car. Every stop, they're on that phone. What is it that we're looking for? What is it that we get from that that makes us feel connected to technology, to a handheld um, phone when there are people right there that are waiting I think waiting to connect. So I just wanted to bring those two things up that, you know, even in the way that we do our relationships with people, I think that has transformed over to God. Like, I, I, whatever you got for me, I want it right now. I'm, I'm after your hand, not your heart. And that we're not engaged with and in the people, into the lives of the people who are present in our lives. We kind of miss them, even our children. Mm. That's a good point, Tammy. Even our children. Yeah, so um, you ready for me to read from my favorite book of all time? <laughs> Absolutely. You're gonna get sick. You're gonna know what this one is, Rodney, because you've probably heard it a thousand times. But this is the the section of uh, again further along the road less traveled, and this is the version, the unending journey towards spiritual growth, is the version um, that I'm reading from. And, again, this is by Scott Peck, wonderful book, if anybody's looking for one. But it's called, um, this is a section that's called Growing Up, and it's labeled The Blaming Game. And the the gist of it for me, or the important part for me, is people of the lie. So that's probably, if, you, if you're if you a former listener, if you've been listening, you'll probably reference this more by hearing that, people of the lie. But it's, again, The Blaming Game. It says, It is no accident that people who commit the most evil in this world see no power higher than themselves. 
again, that they see no power higher than themselves. The evil are very strong-willed men and women. And because they are narcissistic, self-absorbed, and their will is supreme, they are the ones who are the most into inappropriate and destructive blaming. They are the people who cannot, who will not take the beam out of their own eye. So they are those people who cannot and will not take the beam out of their own eye. And I like to think of that as it's always somebody else. And it's never always someone else. It has to be you sometimes. It is you sometimes. It is me sometimes. So remember that part. For most of us, if there is evidence around us that might point to our own sin and imperfection, if that evidence pushes us up against the wall, we usually come to recognize that something is wrong and we make some kind of self-correction. Those who do not make this self-correction is what he's saying. Those who do not make this self-correction I call people of the lie because one of their distinguishing characteristics is their ability to lie to themselves, which is so important. So listen at this. Their distinguishing characteristics is their ability to lie to themselves as well as to others and to insist on being ignorant of their own faults and wrongdoing. There are a lot of people like that. Like no matter what, I mean, the evidence is so clear because, again, it can never be always someone else in a situation. You have to, you have to own up to what you see in that mirror because the mirror speaks back to us. The darkness speaks back to us. When you're lying in silence, when you're home alone, when you're thinking out loud privately, if that makes sense, it speaks to you. You are hearing. There is evidence that something is wrong here, and it might just be within me. Because, again, it's never always the other person. So to continue on, it says, um, and I'll go back a little bit, they insist on being ignorant of their own faults and wrongdoing. Their guiding motive is to feel good. That's very important. Their guiding motive is to feel good about themselves at all cost, at all times, no matter what evidence there may be that points to their sin or imperfection. Rather than using it to make some kind of self-correction, they will instead, often at great expense of energy. So they work at this thing. They got this thing mastered. And we said here, Wherever you are in this phase of of transformation, if you're on this side or that side, you have made a choice and you are working to maintain wherever you are. So if you are a negative person, you are working to maintain that negativity, same as positive. Wherever you are in life, you are working that thing, and it's a choice. So you can make a choice to say, hey, I'm going to turn this around, and I'm going to choose differently. So... Rather than using it to make some kind of self-correction, they will instead, often at great expense of energy, set about trying to exterminate the evidence. 
And this is where I think people start to play that blame game. They're, they're trying to say, you know, find every fault to make to, to serve their ego, their selfishness, and to not deal with what the evidence at hand. Um, they will use all the powers at their disposal to impose their wills onto someone else in order to protect their own sick selves. And that is where most of their evil is committed, in that inappropriate extermination, that inappropriate blaming. It is important to realize that blaming is fun, anger is fun, hatred is fun, and like any pleasurable activity, it is a habit forming you get hooked on. So I'll stop there, but again, this is uh, The Road Less Traveled, The Unending Journey Towards Spiritual Growth uh, version by Scott Peck. We have a, a lot of people, many people who are who we can call people of the lie because there's ev- there, the evidence is so clear in every one of us. And if we would only, only look inward, turn that mirror towards ourselves and stop trying to figure out someone else's life um, and, and stop being so selfish and so self-centered, um, self-absorbed, vain, feeling like, again, that, or, or having no regard, I'll go back to our, our, our earlier definition, having no regard for the feelings or desires of, of, of others. Um, Rodney, in the Bible study, we, we actually discussed this a little bit, not in this form, but um, it was said that to, to, to love yourself is to love others. And to loving yourself is, is wanting those things that are best for you. And when you get to that point, it's kind of like the end of self, it's the beginning of you and the beginning of everyone else. Because when you, when you learn to truly love who you are in yourself, I think that's a form of allowing um, even the love of God to, to pour down upon you. And then once you have that, because like I said, to want it for me is to want it for you, or it should be. To want that thing for me is to want it for someone else. And I think that's where it kind of becomes kind of that crab in a barrel mentality where for the most part people they want it first like let me get it first and then when I get it first I only want you to get a portion of of what I get because now that makes that's going to make me have to work a little bit harder to shine even more than you and like you said earlier we want we want to be first we want to be the greatest um and everything and we don't want anybody to outshine us but how crazy is that because everybody has something and I think a, a lot of what we go through when, when we experience this ego, egocentric attitude or, or so many people being part of society who, who has this ego mentality is that people are not operating in their own purpose. Like they've not spent time to find out what they love to do. And we spend so much time working so many hours for things that cannot bring that joy. And so we start trying to find something to fix it. And every time you get something grand and new and better, you feel a little better temporarily, but where then the ego starts to come in again where you're having to prove yourself all over again because it's not coming from, it's not internally, not being produced internally. We're, we're seeking for all those things outwardly, through our jobs, through our 
salaries, through our houses, through our cars, through our friends, and, and just everything else. And so now we're all finding ourselves in this rat race. Who's going to get the cheese first? And how much, and, and not just who gets the cheese first, but I, once I get there, I want all the cheese. And I can't even eat mm. it. Mm, mm, mm. So, right? Uh, <laughs> Tammy, at any point, uh, please feel free to stop me because uh, what I want to do is read uh, some comments from the chat room. And then I was trying to sum up what you were reading from the book because I want to post that on uh, Facebook. Um, and then I want to kind of ex- uh, expound on what you were saying. So at any point, because I feel like this is about to be a lot, at any point, feel the need. Um, feel free to just Go for stop it. me. Go for it. So our great friend, our great friend, um, Dr. Coretta is uh, is on with us tonight. She's in the chat room, and she said, this is great. When I saw the topic for tonight, I was excited because it was just God sent. For a year now, I've been working on a writing project, which I have called The Sin of Instant Gratification. I want it and want it now. For example, a child with a temple tantrum at the store the driving case that you mentioned. I need that dress for tomorrow night. It doesn't matter if I can afford it or not. We are self-centered because we lack personal value. We think that people are self-centered or shallow. However, I would argue that those are lacking. They act like that because they perceive themselves as people without value. They do not recognize who they really are. And then Mm -hmm. she said... um, Oh, I think that was the end of it. Um, but here's what here's what I kind of summed up from what you were from what you were saying, Tammy. Says it is never. Uh, you said that it is never completely the other person. The darkness will see you at some point. Your guiding motive is to feel good about yourself, but you should stop. You should um, you should stop working to maintain your negativity and your ego. This is where most of your sin is committed. You get hooked on this. And I want to back up, Tammy, to, to to where you said it is never completely the other person. We live in a society where the popular thing is to be the victim. Hmm. Hmm. We want to be the victim. Say that again. What? Say that again. <laughs> we we always want to be the victim. It is always somebody else's fault. But when you were saying that, it brought me back to uh, my own life. And my life started to change when I stopped blaming other people. See, when I was when I was younger, and I decided to make a whole lot of foolish decisions, like Doc, uh, Dr. Coretta was saying, throwing temper tantrums and, you know, making all of these excuses. Like, it was always it was always somebody else's fault. I wanted, you know, when, when I went to school and I made decisions to get in fights, it was somebody else's fault. It was because, you know, life wasn't good at home. When... 
you know, I was getting suspended or in, in school in school suspension or in detention after school because I was being disrespectful, because I was showing up late to class, because I was throwing things in the class. Well, you know what, my dad my my dad isn't around, so you know, it's okay. It is not. I was I was trying so hard to play this victim card. Failed relationships in the past. It, oh, man, like you just want to play the victim all the time. And you know what? You're just not. You are not. Now, I will throw this out there. Maybe somebody's really good at just fooling you. Maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll save that one other day. But maybe. But if you say, okay, this happened. Didn't see it coming, but it happened. Okay. And you forgive and you work towards, like, you know, b- building something after that. I'm sorry, the, the 15th or the 20th time is not the other person. Now, what has caused you to stay there so long seeing so many things? Stop playing the victim. You came from a single-parent home. Okay, yeah, but how many people have made it coming from a single-parent home, coming from, you know, where there were four boys and and just a single mom? How many people turn out okay? Like, stop using these things as an excuse. You are not the victim. You're not the victim. It is never completely the other person. Tim, I think I, I think I, I think that was a, a just a great quote for tonight. It is not completely the other person. The darkness is going to speak to you at some point. At some point, you got to face reality. At some point, you got to you, you have to understand. Guess what? You are not number one. You got to understand it. At some point, you got to understand you can't sing. At some point, you are not that talented as you thought you were. At some point. You've made mistakes. At some point, you got to recognize that, you know what, I can no longer pass the blame when my children fail and take all the credit when my children succeed. At some point, you gotta, you got to acknowledge that. That's right. you got to acknowledge that because if not, you're only setting yourself up for failure. Get your ego in check. Get your pride in check. Like, Tim, like you, you and I, and I don't want to go into the specifics of it, but like you and I were talking, and I've had the same conversation with other people. Like, I just took my 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 school administration exam. I refuse to say I'm going to pass this exam. I, until I see the score, I, I refuse to say that. Why? I believe I passed, I want to pass, but at the same time, I ain't stupid to to go out and, like, brag and boast that I haven't even seen anything yet. But that's where people get in trouble. And then when we get out and we get ahead of ourselves and we end up with our with our foot in our mouth, like our like my stepmom used to always say, then we start on this path of you know everything is wrong. It, it, it was the other person, or 
you know, I, I you know, I don't know what happened, but I think when it comes to egos and and pride, which I think are on the same platform, right? There's something called humility, and humility will keep your ego in check. Because I also think, and I'm and I'm going to turn this back over to you because I don't want to get into this or get into this yet, but I also think when it comes to egos and pride, judgment has a way of slipping in there too. Mm-hmm. Back to mm-hmm. you, Jamie. It, it has to, Ronnie. I had just looked up uh, Proverbs 11 and 2 because I, I, I just remembered it, it was something about that, not word for word, but I just looked it up. And it reads when, because you're you're exactly right. Pride is, gosh, pride is, pride is ego. Pride is where ego. Pride allows ego to begin. I'll say that because you come so prideful until um, you can't even ask for help. Like there, there are situations I found myself in, and looking back now, like looking back when you were at a part at a place in your life where you have just owned up to your your owning up. Um, but I had start when you start to really dissect and and look at yourself, and you look back and you think, "Wow, I went through that, and I didn't I didn't have to, but I, my pride wouldn't let me ask. My pride wouldn't let me say. My pride wouldn't let me speak up." And and this verse, Proverbs eleven and two says, "When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom." So you you think about situations that you found yourself in, um, and just because you would not speak up, you wouldn't ask, you would not humble yourself to say, listen, hey, this, that, or the other. I was looking at good times, um, I believe it might have been last week, weekend before last, not this past weekend or whatever day it was, and Penny, Janet Jackson, actually, it was the episode where Thelma had decided to move out of the house because of JJ and Michael, how they were treating her and so forth. So she had decided to move out. Well, she had come over and they were missing her and she was missing them as well. And so she, she comes over and they're all kind of playing this, this word game back and forth. Nobody's really saying what they're really feeling. And so she leaves, you know, she never says anything about wanting to stay. they never say anything about, Hey, come back home. And so, Penny, again, who's played by Janet Jackson, she says, wait a minute. She says, we miss Thelma, and Thelma misses us. But she didn't tell us, and we didn't tell her. And she says, are you sure you grown-ups know what you're doing? And that just made me think about, again, how how pride, how ego won't even let you say what you feel, what you really feel, what you're really thinking, what you really want. From and want to give, like we we could get so caught up being egotistic um, and prideful that we won't we won't even say what we feel. And I, I I'm guilty of, of that. And and don't know if it has a lot more to do with ego um, or just I don't know. I have to work on that. I'm working on that. I guess I'll say, but. Just think about that. And she was so right. Like, we miss her. She misses us. But she didn't tell us, and we didn't tell her. 
and now she's gone to her hell. So we'll send people back to their hell and we'll stay in our hell rather than speak up because of pride and ego. And you think about that verse, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. And like you said, Rodney, when that happens, um, there, there is some things, there are some challenges that are going to come in your life. It, it, the verse says it as well. So it does, the e- egotism or egotistic begins with pride. And it has a lot to do with feelings of anger. When you find people who are always angry, negative, and I'm going to say always meaning 90% of their time they're negative. They're making a choice. Like whatever you can say, wow, it's a beautiful day, but it's going to rain tomorrow, but it's going to rain tonight. Boy, the sun's beautiful. It's going to be dark in a minute. <laughs> you know, like they, like you're, you you don't find that they want to stay in a moment, a moment that they just they will turn a good thing into a, a just a negative thing because that's their that's their foundation. That's their that's their place of living. And having that that ego, and I'm going to say excessive, when you're excessive in in, in yourself, uh, that's when it becomes, we can label it as being egotistic. And if we look into this world, we see it every day. We see it at work. We see it in our homes. Even in in, in our little people. I was having a conversation today, um, well, tonight actually, and and we we were talking about this topic, and, you know, talked about how young people are um, so at such an early age, they become so self-centered and so selfish. Um, not all of them, of course. And we allow it for the most part. We, we allow that for them to start at this early age. So by the time they are in kindergarten, you know, they want, it's all about them. They want what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. There's no teacher going to tell them what to do at all. And they will tell you that. You don't tell me what to do as a grown person. And that comes from somewhere because we didn't do that. You might have had one child every now and then that was just, you looking like, boy, when you get home, because you knew. But today, Rodney, you can attest to this, it's, it's for the most part, even in kindergarten classes, it's, it's probably 70, 80% of the class who's bound to be egotistic, to be insightful. Mm-hmm. And so where is that coming from? Because cause this, this is, they've been raised by egotistic people, self-centered, selfish, me, 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 me before you always. In every situation. Mm. Tammy, so, want to. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Dr. Coretta uh, referenced Second uh, Timothy, the third chapter, and the second verse. But I want to read the whole thing, Timmy, because it's going to sound a lot like. It's going to sound a lot like your favorite uh, chapter, uh, Romans 1. Okay. <laughs> and it's again it's Second Timothy the third chapter and it says this know also that in the last days uh perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, 
covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as James and Jumbers withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, and Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But and that was from the where? Biggest thing, what, what? That is Second Timothy, the third chapter, and okay. just to, to yep, and, and in the very beginning it says, "In the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves," and mm-hmm. we see that so often today. Where men are just lovers of themselves. People just love themselves. Hmm. And it really just does not matter about anybody else, about other people. People just love themselves. And Hmm. in verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness. A form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And what do we see in today's time? And, And what are we talking about now? People loving themselves. Covetous, boasters, proud. We see so much of that 
in our society today. And and Rodney, you know, and people miss the fact that it has a lot much to do with because there, of course, there is, um, as we said earlier, for those who kind of triggered in, it, of course, it is. There's a need. It, it is a must that you love yourself. But when you love yourself to the point where you have no regard for the feelings or or desires mm-hmm. of others, you're so self-centered mm-hmm. until, oh no, you getting in front of me makes me one car behind you. Um, and, and there there are times where you know people people may not. It's, it's different from someone saying, because, you know, I, you, you've been there. Like, oh, I'm supposed to, I should be over there. I need to get over. And people will not let you in. Like, they will get mad. Like, people are, um, Brandon and I had a situation a couple weeks ago. I'll use this one. And we, we, we seriously did not know that we were not supposed to park. The sign, the, the, the sign is so small on the side of the building to who's turning in looking on the side of a building, building for a small sign. And there was probably two cars. We were probably the third, I think, automobile parked. And it was late in the afternoon, so businesses were closed. And we were leaving. We were we were in in an office all but maybe ten minutes, if that. And on the way out, this lady that could could be my mom, she comes out and she's irate. She is. I think what she did was probably call the tow truck, and they didn't make it there in time. I think we came out before, so I'm sure that probably made her even more furious. And she's like, "You're not supposed to." Be. I mean, she just went off. And 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 for whatever reason that day I was just not letting people take me there, um, and I just was apologetic. And man, we did not see it. We really did not know. We apologized. Well, she went on and on. And Brandon, of course, he was just the opposite. He was, you know, his 28 year old self, as I was at that time. Like, because after I had said apologize so many times, and he did maybe once or twice, then he was just like. To, to to sum it up, what the hell ever, lady? You know what? <laughs> it is not that serious. You know, we did not know. And I was like, Brandon, it's really not that serious. Don't let her take you there because people people will kill you over a parking space. And I reminded him of the incident that we had here where men, I mean, 50-plus years old, maybe 60, right at, at, at Panera Bread, like over a parking space. Like you are so angry and so caught up over parking until the, you will shoot some, you will stay around long enough to engage in this argument to the point where it escalates to a point where you have to now pull a gun and shoot someone over a parking space. Grown people, mm. not 16-year-olds who think, you know, who don't, don't think, but these are people, fathers, husbands, grandfathers, uncles. But we are at that point where we are, this, this, I'm here now. This is my parking space. I get to do this. Well, whatever. You can have it. <laughs> That's how we should do it. And, again, I know that it's, it's not because, like, that day was a good day for me. There's, there's another day I might not act so well. So, <laughs> but, I, I mean, but really I have to own, I have to own up to that and hope I do it enough to where it becomes, Natural, like I'm not going to argue with you over a parking space. There's too many of them. Yeah. And walk away. 
So that that's just where we where we are um, in life today. That's what we mean. Like you're so self centered and so self absorbed until you can't think logically. Like there's no logic mm-hmm. in your thinking. It's all about me before you always. If I don't, you don't. If I can't, you won't. If I can't, I'm not going to help you. If I can't get there first, I don't want you to get there at all. No one's going to get there. So that's the kind of egotistic society that we are speaking of tonight. And it's it's, it's about asking yourself, where do you fit in? And I, I think Dr. Coretta hit hit it on the on the on the nose when she talks about you know knowing who you are. We ask that question a lot here on the show. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that we even we can even truly answer that question until we have learned um, how to truly love ourselves, so that that same love that we have for self is a must for someone else. Kind of like we said earlier, right? When you you at the end of in the end of yourself, of holding yourself at such a high regard until when you're at the end of that place realizing that we're all here as as connectors to each other, that 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 I can only if someone else has or can, can, can help me has helped me and is willing to help me get there. I can't do this world alone. As much as I sometimes mm-hmm. wish I could and and had the ability to do, I can't. I have a need for someone like like you said. If I'm the girl, if I can sing well, there's always going to be someone who can sing better. So what can what can I learn from this person rather than than thinking how you know some kind of way about the person? Which is usually, if we will be honest with ourselves, which is usually we try to find something that brings it down a notch. Well, maybe she can sing, but she she didn't do this right, or she can't. Kind of like the sun thing. It's a beautiful day, but it's going to rain tomorrow. So, you know, who are you? Where where are you? Who knows your fears? Who knows your 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 pain? Who have you? Who are you able to share life with in an honest way? Who can you who can you share? Um, or who can you tell the details of what? Your thoughts are when everybody's gone, when the lights are out. Who can you tell what you really see when you look in the mirror? Who can you tell about that and trust? Or are you so prideful you you won't share that either? You'd rather stay in your hell. And that's what the pride does to us. That's what the ego does to us. And believe it or not, it 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 interferes with your spiritual relationship with God because the way you love people and the way you love yourself is the way that you receive and give love to God I truly believe that just my Mm. thoughts I'm going to read um, uh, Dr. Correa's uh, comments from the chat room and then uh, I'm going to go into something else Tammy that uh, that you made me think of. And she said, I think we act like we love, I think we act like we love ourselves, but we act Mm. like that because we do not know what real love is. If we knew Mm. the love of the Father, then things would be different. Any comments uh, on that uh, from Dr. Correa, Tammy? Well, 
totally agree, Rodney. I, I totally, and that's what I mean when I say to to want it for me, to want to to want that love for me, or to love myself truly, based on based on on, on God's the, the the first and the greatest commandments. If if we just look at those alone, to love the Lord God with all that heart, all that soul, all that mind, and the second. To love thy neighbor as thyself. So, if we had the correct type of love, like Dr. Red is saying, if we had that love for self, um, that type of love that God is speaking of, then how easy it would be! It not not easy. It would be mandatory. It would be it would be mandatory in our hearts and the way that we live to love people, to want the same thing things for others as we want for ourselves and to be willing to help them help them get there. And that 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 is truly like that is truly difficult to admit to self that I have some type of um I don't know what's the word for it, but like when you think about thy neighbor, you know, it's not just the people again across the street. So that's not why you walk out and speak to the people across the street, but but you hadn't spoke to the people in your house. You know, I'm always amazed by that when I when I finally figured that out, even for myself. But your neighbor is the people closest to you, the people in really in your home. But how often do we work to make sure that they have? We want them to have what we have. And so I think that's what she means, being able to love yourself based on God's definition of love and sharing that love, giving that love to the people that have been, that we are blessed with in our lives, that unconditional love. Rarely do we have that unconditional love for ourselves. And that's the root of the problem is how one feels about himself. Your 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 mm-hmm. your your true uh, knowledge of self, or I would say, maybe my true knowledge is not the word. The perception that you bought in, that you've labeled yourself with, based on what you've been through, how you were raised, what you should be doing now, based on what you're doing, um, what you're not doing what you think you should be, and so you got all these demands on yourself. Then you add what the world tells you. Like if you've not did this, if you don't have this, you got always seeking more, never content, even when the new stuff becomes a little old, then you're, you, you want more again. So if you add all that together, how can we? How can we love ourselves and then be able to transfer that love on to the next person. How can we? Mm. So I think that's what she means. And I think she's so on she's on it. Uh, for those of you guys still uh with us, um and thank you so very much, uh Doctor Coretta, uh for all of your input. We have definitely uh missed you on this show. To everyone uh who's listening and uh, to all of our faithful listeners, Dr. Renner and, and, and just everyone, um, Cousin Diane down in Atlanta, um, I think Miss Earlene might be on with us. Um, uh, forgive me for all, all of these numbers that I may not uh, remember. Um, I 
believe we have Bo on with us as well. But just thank you guys uh, for always supporting the show. Just a reminder, if you are listening um, and you have something to add to the show, you can reach us uh, via Facebook. Uh, We'll uh, definitely uh, read your comments on the air. Um, If you're listening online, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, anything, uh, we'll we'll read your comments on air. Um, Everyone is anonymous um, unless you choose to reveal your identity or you ask us to do so. If you're in the chat room, uh, the chat room, excuse me, I will definitely um, read your comments from there. If you want to call in, the number is 818-691-7406. And if you just press the number one, uh, you can ask a question or read a uh, or, you know, make a comment live on the air. So uh, please don't be afraid to do that. I'm going to go to um, a story in the book of Matthew, Tammy, chapter 18, uh, beginning beginning at verse uh, 23, and it says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And, it, and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison. Till he should pay the debt So when his fellow servants Saw what was done They were very sorry And came and told Unto their Lord all that was done Then his Lord After that He had called him Said unto him O thou wicked servant I forgave thee all that debt Because thou desirest me Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, so he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not, therefore one, his brother, their trespasses. And I think it just goes on to say that the same will happen to you. But here's here's the part of the story that I want to pull out, Tammy. Here you have a man who's in debt. And 
knew that he was going to be sold, his wife was going to be sold, his kids was going to be sold, everything he owed was going to be sold, right? So nothing mattered to him. He begged, begged for his debt to be forgiven. But then turned around and what he did not want to happen to him, he did to somebody else. Why do we do that to each other? Why is it okay as long as it is not happening to us? Why is it okay for us to do to others what we would never want to happen to us or our loved one? Why is that okay? Why is it that we cannot forgive the same way we want to be forgiven? Why is it okay for us to judge when we don't want to be judged? I I, I agree, Rodney. I um, came across something I want to share here, um, and it's, it's a quote that says, three letters that hold you back from saying things your heart is dying to say, like, I love you, I miss you, and I'm sorry. And those three letters, they say, is E-G-O, which is ego. Kind of like I was saying, sharing the story about uh, Little Penny on Good Times. So, again, think think about how many times you, you've let something simmer rather than saying, I'm sorry, to the point where, hey, even if, even if it, if it, if, if the relationship never, I guess, mends, uh, what would be wrong with just saying I'm sorry and moving on? So you think mm-hmm. about the things that you can't say that we should be saying. So it's, it's when, when I said earlier about it's never, ever everyone else's fault like sometimes it ha- it, it it has to be you and and it and it is you and and to be honest probably most times it is us mm. and and again a heart feels to swallow but um the ego is is a terrible thing and again it's it it, it derives from pride and it it has nothing to do with you being this secure, solid, knowledgeable person. It is totally the opposite. When the ego goes to the extreme, it is totally the opposite. When you're so focused on, you know, start to monitor your 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 conversations. I guess is a good way to say that. Start to to listen to yourself a little bit. Um, I, 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 is, is your conversations always about you, what you're doing, what you want to do, what somebody's saying about you and all this, like, rarely do people ever have time to share with you. Do you listen? Are you always talking? 
And the talk is me, 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 me before you always. And that's that's how I, I mean, to, to me, right, it's, it's like me before you always is, is just sums it all up. If it's always you before about how you feel, what you want, when you want it, then is it more about ego and being right no matter the evidence that is before you? Is it about your ego? Mm. Or is it about unity? Is it about understanding? Because if it is, then you do you do much more listening, less talking, because, again, to want it for yourself, Anytime we get to the point where we can, we want it for ourselves enough to be willing to allow someone else to get it first, even if it's the the gratification, even if it's the if someone is is getting, um, I'm gonna say that if, if wanting it for you becomes as like for that person, it becomes as important for that person to get it almost more important than for you because once you make up your mind that you want it for you and you're going after it, you are a little less threatened by people um, getting it. You're less offended and so forth. And the best example that I think we've used on the show, Rodney, is for it's enough for everybody is I can't believe there's as many hamburger joints and chicken joints in a one-mile radius, and they're still thriving. So if it's, if it's enough, if they can put a KFC and a Church's and a Popeye's, and now the gas stations have chicken, and everybody is still rolling, then there's enough of you and your purpose to go around that you're not so offended and afraid of someone else getting whatever it is first that you just rather not even get it yourself. Let's just let nobody get it. We're all going to be miserable, egotistic people. We're all going to fool ourselves. We're all going to be people of the lie. But there is enough. There is enough of this energy, of this space, to where you could totally work to be who you were created to be. But I think sometimes even that that frightens people to the core. Like there's no way all these ideas and all these things and all, all this stuff inside of me, there's no way I can do or be that. So let me just settle here in this egotistic world and make my life miserable along with everyone else's. Egotistic society. Nobody's winning. Nobody's happy. Nobody's thriving. Nobody's content. Always more, more, more. That's the egotistic society. Rodney? Jimmy, mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you do do you remember um this the the story of the devil being thrown um out of heaven? I remember it from you. You always share it. <laughs> um, I'm going to share this with you guys. Uh, 
very quickly. And in and in Revelations twelve and nine, it says, "And the the great dragon was cast out." And this is talking about heaven. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And the way the story was first taught to me was that the devil essentially tried to overthrow God, and you know um, that didn't work. But I but I really want to encourage you guys to read Revelations, the the twelfth chapter, the the entire the entire chapter. Um. But here you had someone who was full of pride, uh, someone who had let his ego get the best of him, and it caused a war between him and his followers and God fo- God followers, and he lost. And even the scripture that Timmy read earlier about how the pride they're they're coming a fall. When you have reached the top, the only place you can go is down. So why let your ego be your destruction? Why let your ego be the thing that that causes you to reach rock bottom. Why do that? Why get so self-absorbed that you cannot see, hear, or feel anything else? Is it really worth it? Is my question, Tammy. Is it worth it? And you know how people can answer that question? How is life working for you? Like, if you really be honest with yourself, how is it working for you? How is it working for you? Mm -hmm. That's how we have to answer it. And, again, honestly. And look at self. Everything um, that we're going through, and that's another tough one to um, I guess admit to and kind of ponder upon that anything and everything that you're going through, you have to be willing to admit where where do I play in this? What is my part in this? And if we would but focus on that and try to answer that because you can't answer it for someone else. You can't, you, you, you cannot successfully, especially if you're not having a conversation, and by the way, I say conversation one of understanding, not just of talking, where where information is being transferred and received properly. People are gaining understanding of what's being said. They're not just hearing, but understanding. Even if even if we disagree, but to to answer, if if we would, I think that one small thing. Um, what is my part in this? And correct your part. Then I think that's where we are becoming, as we, as that quote says, the change that we want to see in the world and in people. Like we instead, we want people to change first. Well, you do this, 
and I'll do this. And in most cases, even when the people change according to their who they are and their purpose, we don't like that. We want them to change based on well, well, how we want this thing to be, what it should, what we think it should look like. Like, like we are really in a, in a in a time in life where people challenge differences. They're offended by differences, rather than thinking, "Oh, wow, you're gifted in this area. This is your this is your path." Like we we are so offended. We want people to be like us, do like us, when when we want them to, of course. When we want them to, and that again, I'll say that's your ego centric society. Those are the people that. That's why we're finding ourselves so frustrated again in the workplace, at school, and in our homes. Because no one's willing to share their space, this space, even the space on earth. Like no one's. What this is? This is my space. This is what I want. I have no regard for your feelings or your desires. Ever. That's egocentric. And again, don't don't get it twisted to think, oh, um, I'm so great because I, I I love myself and I'm supposed to love myself. Yeah, you are. But again, loving yourself means loving others, being concerned, moved by situations. And it's you know we've talked a little bit about narcissistic. Um, which is basically the same same thing, but um, it's more of really being preoccupied more by what, how others see you. Basically, you're self-absorbed, but then also you're, you're self-absorbed, and you're going to pretend this thing is is like it is because you want or you have this perception of how you want people to perceive you and see you. You're going to do anything, everything, kind of like the people of the lie. So you're going to pursue that, that, that gratification at all costs. And I think it's described as, as gratification from vanity. You want to be admired by people, no matter how you feel when the lights go off, no matter what you know to be true, it's okay. So, Rodney, I mean, I think I all I can say other than what we've said tonight um, is for people to be honest with themselves about who you are. And don't try to go so big with that because I think the depths of who we are, we have no clue of because we've not did enough soul searching. We've not had enough honesty in our own lives about about who we are, about this blueprint of life, this perception of the picket white fence and everything always being great and grand. And and, and I'll tell you for sure, I for one know that that is that, that, that runs you to into a wall. 
So you have to let go, be honest with yourself, spend some time getting to know you and acknowledging those areas in your life that you don't want to acknowledge. Because that is when things, and it's tough, but that is when if you keep it long enough, and I, I really wish I could remember who said this, you know, seeking God or, or having that relationship with God is, is consistent obedience in the same direction. But how often do we turn around, even in our, in our own lives? Like seeking your purpose, your passion, whatever that is. We had a, a young man stop by here today that he had rolled by my house. We were outside in the yard, and he had rolled by couple of times and I recognized the car, but at the same time, he had recognized Brandon from high school. They hadn't seen each other since high school. And I, I will never forget this young man because I was always just so in awe about his pursuit of his passion at all costs. Like he loves music. And I was just always so taken by his desire to be pleasing to his passion, to his purpose. But so often we will choose another direction expecting happiness. Well, if you were created to fly, give this credit to the shack. If you were created to fly and I clip your wings, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna operate as you were created to. So as you do that soul search and find out what is it. What is it that I could do all day with joy, with or without pay, and come home satisfied in my heart? So I'll turn it over to you, Rodney. Tammy, I think this has been a, a, a well-informed show. I think it, it it has been a great show. Um and to everybody listening out there, I, I really hope that um, you have gotten uh, something from the show um, that will help you. Um, because I know for me, uh, there there were just a lot of things that I think just realistic. Um, there are a lot of things that I think that we all see. I know that personally I see on a regular basis that, that that gets us in trouble. And I think there are things that were mentioned that keeps uh people from reaching their goals and so I really just hope that um everyone listening to tonight's show um found something to take away from it. Um and something that uh, you can definitely apply to your lives um, as you leave tonight's show. Do you have any uh, announcements, Tammy? Um, I do not that I can think of. None at all. We um, I know that Easter is uh, Sunday, so hope everybody, especially if you're traveling. Um, Enjoy your time and um, and the spring break. You're on spring break, so the, I guess some of the kids, some kids somewhere are out. They keep changing these dates for spring break. I think they do it far too early here, but 
um, just tell everybody to enjoy life and have a great weekend. And I, I Rodney, are we are we going to come on next Monday? Um, I know I will be. I will be around and uh, prepared. So, um, however you want to do that. So as of right now, I guess we will be on Monday because it's not a holiday. <laughs> As far as I know, uh, I should be available. I know that um, we are uh, 99% sure that we will be traveling this weekend, um, but we should be back Sunday night. And so mm-hmm. if that is the case, then uh, I will definitely um, uh, be on uh, Monday night. So I think the only thing that we might uh, do this weekend is uh, go and see um, to Mary's family um, over the uh, the Easter weekend. But even if we do that, we should be back uh, Sunday night. So uh, because I'm I that to Mary working. Okay, I was gonna say maybe we'll we'll find a little lighter topic because we've been hitting you guys pretty heavy with the with the self awareness and transformation stuff. But but at the same time. It, it is it is much needed because we are we are in a society where people are truly truly dying like they are dying internally spiritually um, and I and I think what we've called the Walking Dead like there's so many unhappy miserable people um, and you just have to get to a point where you no longer want to be that you 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 choose not to be. Because to live like that really is to die, to die living, to die slowly every day. So, um, just so I'm saying that, say maybe we'll we'll come up with something that's a little lighter for the spirit, but same at the same time something that feeds your spirit um, to where you can kind of enjoy this. Because there, there's there's such joy also in transformation. There's such joy in the process of. Of, of changing, of, of coming out of that cocoon, there is some joy. There's some beauty that you, if you look enough, look closely enough, that you will see in yourself. If you just realize, realize that I've come so far. Like I started with the conversation that, that my friend and I have often, like, boy, we've come so far. Give yourself some credit. But remember, the farther, you, you, the farther along you are, um, I do believe that there that it's just that much farther to go because this this journey, especially if you start started late in life, trying to transform your life, trying to really look inward and and pull whatever you've allowed to get stuck out. Um, the longer you've waited, the longer the process, and the harder it is. And so, the sooner we get it together, maybe our young people. We'll start to look at us, and we'll be examples of how to live in purpose, how to live with passion, how to live freely enough that we can love the next person, that we can love our neighbor, and that we are not offended by who they are, what they are. So maybe somebody has a suggestion. Maybe somebody wants to be interviewed next week. Maybe, you know, maybe we can interview someone. I don't know. Let's let's. Think about that, Rodney. Maybe we can kind of lighten it up um, and just have a night of sharing. So let's think about that. 
Tammy, I I am all about it. I'm all about it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to say this um, again. I, I think that tonight's topic was very timely. Um, maybe maybe next <laughs> week we could talk about uh, the same thing that people are going to hear in church uh, this coming Sunday, and that'll be Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting and dying for our sins. People usually get uh usually get uh emotional and all that good stuff uh over that. Maybe maybe that'll be the uh, the lightweight subject next Monday, I'm not sure. But um I will say that uh that this show was very timely. Um and I think considering the the uh the society that we are living in, um the times that we are facing right now. Um, and I'm even going to go here, go here, and I'm surprised that it did not come up. Even when you think about the um, the president that is currently in office, um, I was surprised that that did not come up tonight. But um, when you just think about those things and 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 certain people in certain places, and today it it, it is definitely. Um, times that we should be paying attention because egos are probably the most popular spirit um, or popular um, thing that we have going in our society um, today. Everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be important. Everybody wants to be followed. Everybody wants to be admired. Um, but the question is, do you necessarily want the work that comes along with it? Do you want the attention that comes along with it? Do you want the popularity? Do you want the struggle? Do you want the criticism? Do you want the judgment? Because with your ego is going to come all of those things. And so you have to ask yourself, is it really worth losing the people who are currently in your life? Is it worth losing the places you've been, the places that you're going? Is it worth your current position professionally? Is it worth every dime that you've earned in your lifetime? There are so many things that you have to consider when it comes to your ego, whether you deem them to be good or bad. So just think about that as you guys uh, continue on with your week. Please know that we love you. We appreciate you always supporting the show. Um, Thank you for everyone for your input. Or if you were just listening, because we did hear that before, that sometimes people just don't have any questions or comments. They just want to sit back and and learn and hear from other people. So we thank you guys. Hey, and hey, Rodney. Yes, ma'am. Do, you know yes, what? Ma'am. I need to, I need to jump back in. I need to um I do have an announcement. I want to and my mom's on, so I want everybody to know that she's she retired, and we're looking out for her. So we're contracting her out for volunteer work. So if anybody's in need. <laughs> <laughs> just call me. 
and I'll get her right over to you because we got to find her something to do. She's going to kill me, but she called me and asked me, do you pick up a penny? If it's, is it good luck if it's on the heads of the tail? And so I knew right then that we got to find her something to do and soon. So if anybody's looking for any work, let me know, and um, I'll contract her out. But, and that is this um, is definitely in the Memphis area, team. right, Tammy? Huh? Huh? This is definitely in the Memphis area, right? She's not looking to relocate or anything, I right? I know. She can travel. She can travel. Do you need something? She can travel. <laughs> uh, I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Virginia, we could get a one-way trip, one way to Virginia for how long y'all need her. <laughs> well, I will definitely keep that in mind, and uh, if Tamaria needs some help, <laughs> I will, I, I will make sure let, that she hey, And don't out. you let her in. I see she's pushed that button. Nope, we're getting off of here, Mary. Go, no way. <laughs> uh I didn't hear a word that you just said, so I'm just going to say this goes out to Cousin Diane down in Atlanta. Uh, You guys have a great week and a blessed night, and we'll see you next Monday, same time, same station. Good night, everybody.
But I know 